All right, all right. Good morning, beautiful people. This is the Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor. I continue to be your guest host sitting in for the wonderful Michael Slate. We give our love. Shout out to Michael right now at the top of the hour. And we have got a show for you today that is so important. I've got two guests here in studio. I'll introduce them in in a moment. We're going to talk about the horrendous brutal, heartbreaking, and infuriating police murder of three mentally disturbed people here in Los Angeles just since this year began. An outrageous continuation of the ongoing police brutality murder with a white supremacy that is built into this system. We're going to talk about this. What happened? Why this continues to happen? And what really needs to be done about it? So I've got two great guests. We'll get into that at the top of the hour. A little later in the hour, We are going to hear a segment that was originally put together for the Revolution Nothing Less show uh, by Rafael Caderas on internationalism. The whole world comes first. This is going to look at our place as part of the global community of humanity, not Americans, not America first, not my people, my country, but humanity first, and the importance to that in making a real revolution and getting to a world where humanity is emancipated. And then we're going to close out the hour today with um, some words from Arturo O'Farrell, the incredible jazz, uh, Afro-Latin jazz musician and activist and important voice. And in fact, we're going to start the hour with a little bit of energy and sound from him, from his incredible performance and album, Fandango at the Wall. This is Jalapa Bang. Vuelve muy mal a poder y oprime la libertad. Hoy mi gente me recuerda una vez más a Salvador Allende y al asesino de Azordaz. Se han llegado con tanques, garrotes y aviones para dialogar. Y al que ponga resistencia lo desaparece el halcón judicial. Y al mostrar bandera de paz nos han lanzado bombas de gas. ¡Ay! Vienen a aplastar a su gente. ¡Pam, All right, so I'll be talking a little bit more about that album when we get to the segment with Arturo. But first, we want to start this hour off with two guests from the Los Angeles Revolution Club. They're also part of the National Get Organized for an Actual Revolution Tour. Here in studio with me, I'm so happy to introduce and welcome back, Michelle Chai. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. In person this week. In last <laughs> last week, you were in the storm of New York, and you made it back to rainy but sometimes sunny California. Welcome. Thank you. And Junior, also a leader in the Los Angeles Revolution Club. How are you doing? Good. Hi. <laughs> All right. Um, so we are just 13 days into a new year. And already here in Los Angeles, the police have cut down three precious lives three people with families, with loved ones, who were in the midst of uh, mentally disturbed episodes, it seems, at least a couple of them. And rather than being responded to with care, rather than medical assistance, rather than compassion, 
These people, black and brown men, had their lives cut down. And this is, it, it's outrageous in its own right, and it's part of an unending pattern, it seems, under this system, not just in this city, but across this country. Um, Michelle Jr., I think it'd be helpful, um, maybe, maybe Michelle, you could start us off and just tell us what happened. Yeah, um, as you said, right, where this was, these murders happen, like, the first three days of the year, right? And this is coming off a year where the police broke records um, in murders, right? And in 2022, in 2022 across the country, right. it, was, it, was, it was the highest number of police killings on record. Yeah, and and they didn't take a pause. They kicked off the new year by murdering three people, right? Just that, and that's just here in Los Angeles, right? Uh, Takar Smith was, you know, one person. Keenan Anderson and Oscar Leon Sanchez, and they were all having mental health crises. We we're just watching the video, you know, part of the video of Takar Smith, right? And it was just this this person needed help, you know, this person was, you know, not in his right mind, as his, uh, as his wife said, right, when she called, she, she, she said to the police, I had no other choice than to, you know, call you, you know, um, and basically begged them not to murder her husband. And that's exactly what they did, right. Um, to Carr Smith was a, a father of six, right. And, and was separated from from his his wife, and they had a restraining order. And he, he came in there, and she was seeking help. You know, and you see in, in, in the video, he's like he's 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 afraid for his life, you know, and and I think this this thing of like, what does it mean when you live in a in a society where both the you know, his his wife seeking help already knows that there's already, you know, um, that there's a chance that they might shoot him down that she had to you know that she had to beg them not to do that right and for him to as soon as they came in the door that he was just like you know he looked afraid you know just from watching that video you can see he he was afraid right and also you know um Kenan Anderson right there was another video that's another video that shows they had him on the ground and he kept saying they're gonna George Floyd me right mm -hmm. referring to you know uh George Floyd um you know, being being murdered. And you think about like, think about how frightening that is, that the very last minutes of your life, you know, you're going to die and you know how you're going to die. You know, this is what 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 was happening, you know, with these people. Right. And they're and, and they're having mental health crisis. And instead, you know, of, as you said, right, being met with compassion and, and actual help, medical help. They shoot them down, right, and treat them like animals, like garbage, you know. Um, and Oscar Leon Sanchez as well, right, having a, a a mental health crisis, and 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 instead of you know actually giving him the help that he needs, they 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 murder him, right. So this is an outrage, and you know, and these are real human beings, you know, that are are treated as like not even as if they're not even people. Uh, Junior, I think Michelle has brought alive uh, some of the humanity of who was cut down and the cruelty and the barbarity, actually. Um, but here we are. I mean, that's very heavy for for him, for one of these uh, victims of police murder to be saying they're going to George Floyd me as he's being cut down. And here we are three years after the 
tremendous outpouring. I mean, millions and millions strong against the police murder of George Floyd, against the white supremacy that's built into the system. And we've heard all this yak yak about police reform, uh, progressive district attorneys, sensitivity trainings, um, defund the police, blah, 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 yak, yak, yak about how we're going to solve this. None of this has measured up. None of this has done anything. As Michelle said last year, was a record for police killings across the country. And here we are starting the new year off with this terror and state-backed lynchings. I think you should talk some about what does this tell you about this system and what's really needed to solve this? How, how can this be ended? Yeah, I mean, I think nothing tells it louder than these, you know, these gunshots every time they shoot somebody down, that they don't care about people, that they're going to continue to, uh, that they're going to continue to to murder people time and over and over again. You know, like, you know, people did come out. People voted, just voted a, a black mayor in Los Angeles. You got a, a, you know, a progressive district attorney. You know, you have a police force that's full of brown and black faces, you know, but here, here we are, the same thing, you know. Like, uh, uh, you know, Michelle said, this this coming off of like last year, you know, record breaking in the, the number of police killings, you know, and how many times do they have to tell you that this is their nature? This is what they do. They they serve and protect the system, not the people. You know, if you know, if they were there to like really serve the the people like Baba Vakian has said, like you would f- figure out a different way to handle this. You would lay your own life on the line before you wantonly murder like one of the people, especially somebody who's like mentally ill, you know, who actually needs your help. You know, you will sooner lay your life on the line than, than do that. But you can't do that under this system. This system is, has this white supremacy woven into it like this. You know, you look at the history of this country, you know, like what has it been? You know, they used to lynch, they used to lynch people. You know, they have picnics around it. You know, they celebrate it. They like have postcards of it. Right? And now, now this is the same thing. Now this is happening online. You see these fascists celebrate this online now, you know, and like it's a... Uh, you know, it's something to really like people to confront the actual what's the the fact that this, this is not going to change, that this is the nature of this system. It has no future for like so many people. It treats them like human garbage. It doesn't treat them as people. You know, they're going to keep doing that. All your calls for like enchanting for like reform and defund, you know, have ignored. They have, they've been ignored because they don't do things that way. This system re- requires these police to kill people and terrorize people, you know, and you know, like one thing that we really have to confront is that reality and people don't want to see it, right? And like, what's it going to take? You're not going to ignore these fascists. You know, they're they're off their, you know, like Baba Vakian has said in these interviews, they're off their chains and out of the basement, you know, and you're not going to deal with them by, you know, trying to have a little safe space over here, or, you know, voting this away. People are actually going to have to like come to the, uh, uh, you know, face the reality that you have to go up against them. You know, you have to go up against them. And right now, we're not talking about anything like crazy or doing anything irresponsible, but having a very serious approach of organizing the forces like right now who are not going to who are going to like make very clear that you're not going to be allowed to continue to do this over and over again to our people. We are going to defend the people. You are not going to be allowed to come and just wantonly murder people whenever you want. You're not going to be allowed to attack people whenever you want. We're building up the forces now, you know, uh, to go up against that, to get rid of the whole damn system that gave birth to these fascists. And that, you know, sends its pigs, you know, mm-hmm. out, out here in, in this kind of like unrestrained and unleashed way, you know, to murder people. There's the only way. There's no other way, 
you know, other than by getting rid of the, getting rid of this system to you know, actually stop you, this. Yeah, when you talk about getting rid of this system, I think um, I want to ask one more question about this. Then we want to play a clip, actually, from Bob Avakian, the revolutionary leader that you are citing, who's developed a strategy for a revolution. He's developed a constitution for a new socialist republic in North America, what we would replace this system with when we clear it away through a revolution. Um, but I think it'd be helpful for you to be very concrete in what you mean by revolution. Either of you could speak to this. Mm -hmm. Maybe, Michelle, you want to take this. Because um, mm -hmm. people throw that word around. Revolution means all, I mean, I got a revolutionary new lipstick. It won't smear if I go swimming. It'll last 12 hours. Whatever the hell you want to say. People use the word revolution. Mm -hmm. They mean a big social change. People say a revolution is just inside myself. What, do you, what are you talking about when the Revolution Club talks about a real revolution, when Bob Avakian in a moment is going to talk about what revolution can accomplish? What are we talking about? Yeah, I think that's really important and an important contrast too, right? Because I think a lot of, when a lot of people hear well, you know, we were just on the trains yesterday, you know, and, you know, through L.A. and people heard the word revolution and, you know, people heard what we were saying and people got really excited. But then they kind of went straight to, yeah, and that's why we got to change the laws and that's why we got to, you know, get all these youth to get organized and vote. Right. But that's not what we're talking about. Right. I think what Junior was speaking, we've tr done. How many people have like done time and time again, voted in all these people, right? Like and 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 tried to change things within the system, and this continues to happen. We got to get to the root of it, right? The, a revolution is not just a big protest. A revolution is not, you know, just you know what you were saying, right? A revolution in like you know, <laughs> like uh, a new lipstick or a new product or something, right? A revolution is an all-out fight. It means meeting and defeating the, you know, the 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 institutions, the you know, the these uh, enforces this whole system, right? It actually means bringing this whole system down and replacing it with a new, radically, you know, uh, uh, radical society that is actually going towards the emancipation of all of humanity, right? That's going to mean new institutions. That's going to mean a whole new. Uh, force that's responsible for the security of the people. That's going to mean a whole another institution of, you know, that, you know, that actually cares about these people. You know, I think what, what Junior was saying about, like, you know, what is in, in the Constitution, what is the vision of how we would handle a situation like that? You know, where you would be confronted with people with mental health crisis, you the first thought would not be to pull out your gun and shoot them down. It would be to care for them and give them the medical help that they need. And if and and if people still react in a violent way, if you're responsible for the security forces, you would soon sacrifice your own life, then take the life of the people in crisis. In, a, in just a moment, I want to play something from Bob Avakian, who is the author of this Constitution for a New Socialist Republic in North America, What would, re which is the document, the foundational document for, for how a new society would be organized, a revolutionary society, after this capitalist imperialist system has been overthrown through a revolution. And it, and it envisions the economic structure, a radically different economic system, a radically different governmental system, different rights of the people, different security forces like you're describing, different educational system. Revolution means overthrow. So I'm going to play this from Bob Avakian where he gets into um, exactly what you're saying. It, this is how, how this new society would handle a situation like this. And this is taken from a dialogue that he held with Cornell West. 
um, up in Riverside Church uh, back in 2014. It was a beautiful dialogue on revolution and religion, the fight for emancipation and the role of religion. It was some 2,000 people came together. It was a beautiful afternoon exchange between them. This is just a, a short excerpt, a few minutes from the Q&A dialogue that followed their presentations. Let's listen. Look, some things can be done right away, just like some things will take a lot longer. As soon as this system is brought down and a new revolutionary system is in place, the police will not go out shooting down the youth in the streets right then and there no more. Now that's a fact. And if, and if, some, if, if somebody is crazed and does do it, they will never be in a position to do it ever again. It will not be this whole process of justifiable homicide. And as I've said before, you will still need forces to protect the security of the people in a, in a new society. Everything is not going to change in one instant. But you can have very different kind of forces protecting the security. Look, quiet as it's kept, we've got security in this room. The church is providing security. Other people are providing security. Is anybody here afraid that they're going to be shot down by the people providing security for this event we're having? I hope not, and I believe not. Why? Because they have a whole different orientation, a whole, and, they're, and they're part of a different process. When you get a whole different system, then as I've said before, if you have a, you know, there are still going to be people who, you know, have mental problems, go crazy, go off, or so. How do you handle that? Let's say we're the people's police going out, and you run into a situation like that. Our orientation has to be that we would sooner die ourselves than wantonly kill one of the people, even one, or maybe especially mm. one, mm. who's mentally disturbed. That's that has right. to be our orientation. That's right. That's right. That's if right. you're... That's right. That's right. If you're part, that's right. if you're part of the people's security, if you're part of the people's security that's there to really serve and protect the people, then you put your life on the line, and if you have to, you lay your life down instead of and before you would ever be thinking of brutalizing any of the people. But that is not going to happen under this system. And that's why we got to get rid of this system. And that's why we have to be very serious about the question of, can we have a revolution? And if we can, how do we make that revolution? We have to, look, this is, you know, I, I'm, you know it's kind of ironic, but, you know, uh, once again, Clyde Young used to say, one of his favorite sayings was, you know, this is serious as a heart attack. And this is very serious. We, you know, we need humor. We need play. We oh, need joy. Yeah. Oh, but at the yeah. same time, this, that humor, that play, that joy is all part of something that's very, very serious. It is the lives and the future of the masses of people around the world, which is the most precious thing of all to those of us who want and are fighting for a different world. And so we have to proceed in that kind of a way. Absolutely. And we, that's why I put the emphasis on being scientific 
because we, being, being scientific just means understanding and working to understand the world the way it really is. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean you'll ever understand everything or everything completely cor uh, correctly. We're always going to make mistakes and have shortcomings, but we have to really strive to understand the world the way it is, and if we do, then we can see where the possibilities actually lie, not because out of wishful thinking, but out of a scientific approach to know that we actually can have a different kind of world, yes, a different kind of society, and yes, with a different kind of force that really is about protecting and serving the masses of people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And All right, so that was an excerpt, like I said, from Bob Avakian, the revolutionary leader, the architect of the new communism. He was speaking in 2014. Um, in a dialogue on revolution and religion called The Fight for Emancipation and the Role of Religion with Cornell West. And there he's speaking about the epidemic of police murder under this system and how a new revolutionary society would handle its security forces and why we need a revolution. And we're doing this on the occasion just shortly after the police here in Los Angeles Viciously murdered Takar Smith, Keenan Anderson, Oscar Leon Sanchez, three men having uh, mental uh, disturbed episodes who needed help and instead were brutally murdered, lynched by the police here as part of an epidemic. So I'm in studio here with Michelle Chai and Junior, who are both leaders in the Los Angeles Revolution Club. And uh, for everybody tuning in, I want to remind you, you that you are listening to The Michael Slate Show. And my name is Sansara Taylor. I'm your guest host, Junior. I want to ask you to react to what we just heard from Bob Avakian. Take it wherever you want to yeah. go. I mean, I want to live in that world, you know. I'm just, I'm just so tired of seeing, like, you know, like the, this is, uh, you know, there's the particulars of each of these cases, you know, but it's like the same recycled excuses of why they kill people, you know. They do it over and over again, and I'm just so tired of it, you know, and I want to live in that world that Baba Bacon describes, you know. Um, you know, and it, and it is like, you know, you have to replace the system. There's a system in place that, like, treats people like human garbage, you know. As long as they could turn a profit, you got a job. As long as, you you know, you have money, you get some food. If you don't, they'll let you die, you know. And there's all these people who they just treat like so much human garbage. They see people as less than human, and they're, like, ready to, uh, you know. It's not that orientation. They, they, don't, they don't like to, you know, like, they don't, they don't see black people as legitimate anymore. You know, they, and, and when they see a chance, they, that's what they see. They see a chance. Somebody's uh, mentally disturbed. They pick something up. They see a chance to kill them. Mm. You know, they see a chance to kill them. They don't see like a human being. They see a chance to kill somebody. And, you know, and they're going to continue to do this, you know, unless unless there's a force, you know, unless we have a different system. Ultimately, you know, that's why we need a revolution. You know, that's why uh, and Baba Vicky has done, all, done a lot of work. You know, somebody was a. Uh, uh, you know, we had we have struggles with people over like why follow Baba Vakian, a white man, you know, and I tell people, look, why I follow Baba Vakian because I want this to end. Mm -hmm. You know? And anybody who's like seriously approaches this question about like what's at the root of this, why is this happening? What has to happen in order to like stop it? What kind of society is really really worth fighting and dying for if you have to, you know, that could replace this. That's gonna lead you into the serious work that Baba Vakian has done around all of this. You know? And so like there's a uh, 
there's a real challenge that's like that needs to be put to people right now to get with this revolution. You know, Baba Veki uh, said in a, a, a talk uh, uh, something terrible or something truly emancipating. You know, that's, there's a basic foundation, a roadmap for how to change this. He said, look, instead of fighting and killing each other, what people need to be doing now is uniting to defend each other, opposing all unjust violence, not launching attacks on anyone, but at the same time not allowing the police or civilian fascist thugs to wantonly brutalize and murder people. And people need to do this as part of building up the forces for revolution. You know, and it is, like he says, it's serious as a heart attack, you know, and we are serious, you know. And we, we're calling on people who, who are serious, too, to come and get with this revolution now, right? Maybe you're not ready to step out in this kind of way, but you need to support this. You know, you need to be part of the, the forces who are donating to this, like helping get the word out, letting people know about these interviews and all the work that's been done here. Um, but, like, we can't afford any longer to just be on the sidelines and crossing our fingers and getting on our knees and praying and voting and all the all the different ways that people try to avoid confronting the actual reality of what's happening, you know. So, call the Revolution Club. All right. Well, I'm going to ask Michelle in just a second about how people can do that. I do want, for everybody listening, Junior, um, uh, a couple times now, for very good reason, has referenced um, interviews. So I want to be very clear to people. If you're a regular listener of the Michael Slate Show, you might know what he's talking about because we've been playing them. But uh, for everybody, new and old, uh, last year, towards the end of the year, Andy Z and I, who together co-host the Revolution Nothing Less show at YouTube.com slash The RevComs, which I highly recommend everybody watch. Uh, we just did a new episode, episode one of season four last night at YouTube.com slash The RevComs. But last year, we got the chance to sit down with Bob Avakian and do three really extraordinary extensive, up-close-and-personal interviews. Um, and he was very generous with his time. He was very generous with his life experience. He shared from his, from his whole life, from his heart and soul. And you get a sense of, of the man's heart and soul as well as his hardcore determination for real revolution. There's, there's nothing like these interviews, and they really take you inside his own development. They take you inside the lessons that have been paid for and, and learned through the blood and the struggle of people here and all over the world as to where, why it is this system of capitalism, imperialism, that is the source of the problem that humanity, not just here but around the world, faces and how a revolution could really be made and what that revolution could bring alive. He brings alive the poetic spirit. He brings alive the emancipating vision that most people can't even imagine right now. Their sights are so lowered. And he brings you inside the method with a lot of humor, a lot of anger, a lot of passion, a lot of heart. And um, that's what Junior is referencing, these interviews. And, and in a little while, you're going to hear a couple excerpts of them later in the show. And we'll be featuring them as we go forward on the Michael Slate show here. Um, but Michelle, Junior said, call up the Revolution Club. How do they do that? And, and also, um, in the brief couple minutes we have left, if you could share a little bit. I know the Revolution Club has been out there in the streets, on the scene, responding to these police killings to organize people for revolution. So both things. What are you doing? What would people be joining up with? And how do they connect? 
Well, the first thing is, if anything that we've said, you know, on this on the show today has, you know, you felt right. And yes, if you still might have questions, you know, the one of the biggest questions that we're, uh, you know, that we're running into is like, but how are we really going to make this real? You know, and and how are people as messed up as they are? You know, how are we going to get, you know, these people into the revolution? Well, there's there's answers to those questions you know there's a strategy for how we're going to bring forward those millions of people how we're going to there's a strategy for when the time is right going up against the system and bringing it down no guarantees but with a real chance to win um and people you know and and there's and 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 people got to start with watching these interviews that you just talked about right that's one very basic and important way that people need to get into now and people can do that on you you know going on the youtube channel and watching that and then and then people should call us you know again with all your questions that you have but if you're sick and tired of this right part of you know we're we're you know I, I'm really feeling what Junior was saying in response to this to this clip, right? Because this is completely unnecessary, right? And part of what makes it unnecessary is because we could live in a whole we could be living a whole different way, right? Um, there's no reason why mothers need to con- be continuing to bury their children, you know, because they lost them at the hands of these of these police, right? So again, this is a call for people get with this revolution, right? The the one thing that we're doing right now is we're going everywhere on the trains to the, to the you know, schools are starting to be back in session. So we're going to the high schools around where these murders happened. We're going to, you know, to the different neighborhoods and getting the word out, getting, you know, we're getting this flyer out with the basic message that it doesn't have to be this way and to get with these forces, get, be a part of the forces for revolution. So, People can can reach the Revolution Club in Los Angeles. You can call 323-671-9839. That's 323-671-9839. And and there's very, you know, and as he said, contribute, right? Contribute your ideas, contribute financially, contribute, you know, whatever you can right now you know this is this has to get word has to get out in a moment when people are feeling so hopeless people need to know that there is hope on a scientific basis that there is this leadership you know that there is Bob Avakian who has brought forward an actual way to understand why we're in the situation and how to get out of it right so um that's our social media yeah our that that was our phone number and our social media is at ref club underscore la um, R-E-V-C-L-U-B underscore L-A and we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. People can reach out to us all, you know, on there and then go on the revcom.us website and get into the works of Baba Vakian and keep up with what the National Revolution Tour is doing, how we're getting, you know, out this this message and the things that we're running into and how we're taking that on. And I know a lot of people listening to the radio, um, you got to get your pencil, or pull out your cell phone to take the number down. So I want you to give the number one more time. I want people get out your cell phone if you want to take it down. So you're ready. Michelle's going to give it again. Okay, it's 323-671-9839. 323-671-9839. And I really want to thank you both for being on today. Junior, do you want to say anything else before we close out? we got just a couple minutes if you want to add a thought. I mean, just like, you know, he says, instead of killing each other, right, there's a lot of people, like, out there in the streets, like, dying for uh, BS. 
you know, killing each other, fighting for streets and corners that they don't under control, right? Like, you know, you want to do something with heart, get with this revolution. That's what I wanted to say. You know, one thing, and, and we'll talk about it. We'll have you guys back. You, I, I really appreciate you coming into studio. It's a very important conversation. But one of the things that comes alive in this interview with Bob Avakian, one of the things that comes alive on the Revolution Nothing Less show at YouTube.com slash the RevComs and on the website RevCom.us is that, and this is an analysis Bob Avakian has made, we are in a rare time right now where revolution is necessary not just because of the horrors of this system, but we're in a rare time when revolution is more possible because the very dynamics of this system have brought about multiple crises that are gripping society, deep divisions from the top of society with the clash. You even saw it with they couldn't elect a speaker of the house. I mean, it's every level. There's the fight from the top all the way down. Junior was talking some about this with the fascism rising, but it's in every dimension. This society is being ripped apart and it's holds the potential and right now is on track for profound dangers, for things to be intensified in an even worse way. But it also, because the normalcy is being disrupted, holds an increased heightened potential for revolution and for people to get out of their comfort zone and get with this revolution. There's a heightened opportunity and an urgency. And so I just wanted to add that to your guys' call for people to connect with the Revolution Club, to get with this revolution and to not squander this time and the leadership that we have to get humanity to a whole different place through a real revolution. So, Michelle Jr., thank you so much for coming on The Michael Slate Show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us on. All right, so we're going to take a musical interlude, and then we'll be back. He visto la oscuridad Sacudirse en el tormento del emigrante sediento de fuerza y humanidad alarmante realidad de la raza perseguida que sucumbe en la caída Mientras lucha comprende que si la alarma se enciende se empieza a apagar la vida. All right, so that is a little bit more from Fandango at the Wall from Arturo O'Farrell. It is called Up Against the Wall, and uh, it's an album. It's an extraordinary album um, where Arturo O'Farrell brought together musicians from around the world to perform on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border in defiance of that wall. And um, I think it's 
the whole album, we're going to be featuring a little bit more of it through the hour. Later in the hour, you're going to hear from Arturo O'Farrell reacting to the interviews we spoke about with Bob Aveki and the revolutionary leader. That'll be at the end of the hour. But I wanted to play that up against the wall as a transition from the conversation we just had about the police murder here in Los Angeles and the system that's part of um, and this next, next segment on internationalism which is going to be from Rafael Caderas. He is a contributor to the Revolution Nothing Less show at youtube.com slash the revcoms. And Arturo is talking about up against the wall, the border wall, but it's also what police say. So I thought it was a good transition. Let's go to Rafael Caderas right now. Internationalism. The whole world comes first. This quote from Baba Vakian is simple and basic, but it is radically different from how most people think and act, especially in this parasitic imperialist country that exploits and feasts on the rest of the world. Just think about it. How many people aren't even paying attention to the rest of the world while they dress themselves in clothes made in Bangladeshi sweatshops and play around on smartphones which couldn't exist without child labor in the Congo? How many Americans don't even know where countries like Yemen are? a country that their government has been starving and destroying. The point is not to stop wearing clothes and become a geography expert, but what are you thinking about? And who are you thinking about? Are you really thinking about humanity? Or is your mind trapped in the divisions this system imposes on us? My country, my people, or maybe it's just me against the world. And it's not just the America first fascists either. How many times do you hear liberals and progressives talking about our country, our military, our troops? These are not our troops. These are their troops doing the same thing around the world that the police are doing here, terrorizing and murdering people in the service of the capitalist imperialist system and its ruling class. Our interests are with the people of the world and rising up to overthrow this system and its rulers. And until you realize that, you will be used as a tool of this system and an accomplice to its crimes. Listen to this from Baba Vakian. You're never going to bring about any kind of fundamental change. And certainly you're not going to bring about a revolution. When people are still pledging their allegiance in whatever way to this whole imperialist system, you know, that, and the dominant imperialists in the world, namely the U.S., which wreaks tremendous havoc on people all over the world, causing tremendous suffering, as well as being the major destroyer of the environment. And if, unless people break with that, no kind of really positive change, and certainly not any fundamental revolutionary change, can possibly take place. You know, and On this show, we're fighting to break people from American chauvinism and bring forward a revolutionary force of people fighting to free the whole world from this capitalist imperialist system and emancipate all of humanity. We'll be getting into this in many different ways in season four. Now, let's look at current events, not from the perspective of ignorant and patriotic Americans, but from the perspective of internationalist revolutionaries. Turning now to Ukraine. Tonight, for the first time in this war, Ukrainian soldiers will be sent to be trained on American soil. May God forever bless the United States of America. Merry Christmas and happy victorious New Year. Slava Ukraine. The House has approved a $40 billion aid package for Ukraine. We want to see Russia weakened. Russia's annexation of occupied territory in Ukraine. Armageddon. Nuclear Armageddon. Armageddon. Nuclear war. 
Every day, we're told about how horrible Putin is and the war crimes he's committing, and he is horrible, and the Russian invasion of Ukraine is a crime. But how often do they tell you about the much greater war crimes of the U.S.? This is a country that dropped atomic bombs on two Japanese cities, a country that has intervened militarily in Latin America over a hundred times. This country has never been and can never be a force for good in the world. But every day they tell you that the U.S. is backing the Ukrainians as part of a worldwide fight for democracy against autocracy. The U.S. is using Ukrainians as pawns and cannon fodder to fight a proxy war against its imperialist rivals. And as horrific as this has been already, we also face a threat of the U.S. and Russia provoking each other into a direct conflict, even nuclear war. All this ridiculous stuff, people sticking their heads down or, you know, I stay in my own lane. You know, you think if there's a nuclear war, it won't touch your lane? I mean, c come on, let's get f***ing serious around here. You know, you think if U.S. and China go to war, your, your lane is going to be somehow, uh, you know, I'm just going along in my lane. I mean, people need to wake up and get serious. This is a contest between oppressors, the world's leading oppressors, with the U.S. number one. Yes, USA number one oppressor and plunderer in the entire world for decades. It was always terrible that these are the people ruling the world, but it's now acutely, acutely posed. We can no longer afford to allow these imperialists to dominate the world and to determine the destiny of humanity. They need to be overthrown as quickly as possible. Now, let's turn to Iran where for over 17 weeks, people have heroically stood up against the Islamic Republic's medieval oppression of women with incredible courage, creativity, and determination in the face of this regime's escalating repression, including its barbaric execution of protesters, with whole sections of people now calling for an end to the regime. These are our people in Iran. Everyone with a heart. Everyone who believes in freedom and justice should recognize what a great thing it is when people, especially women who have been held down so brutally in Iran, rise up against their oppressors. Everyone has a responsibility to support them. As the Communist Party of Iran, Marxist-Leninist Maoist wrote, What is unfolding with grandeur and magnificence in the four corners of Iran is not an Iranian event. It is a cry for liberation from oppressed humanity. It is very important that some prominent artists and voices of conscience in the U.S. have spoken out. And it is beautiful to see our comrades in Colombia responding to the Iranians' call to take up the cry of revolution from Iran as your own. But much more of this is needed. Our Colombian comrades are saying, your struggle is our struggle. That's internationalism. But what are most Americans doing? Once again, staying in their own lane. This is bullshit and it needs to change now. Look, given the history, which most people don't even know, of how the US has oppressed Iran, sponsoring a CIA coup in 1953, followed by decades of torture and torment under the Shah, then backing Iraq in a bloody war with Iran in the 1980s, and continuing to threaten and punish the Iranian people with sanctions? Those of us living in the US have a special responsibility to stand with the Iranian people, 
and to oppose all moves by the U.S. to intervene and hijack the people's struggle for its own imperialist interests. Lastly, it's extremely important that there is an organization in Iran which has taken up the new communism developed by Baba Vakian and is fighting to lead this uprising to the only solution which can actually emancipate women and end the oppression and exploitation that the masses face, a real revolution. So it's very important for people around the world to learn about and spread the word about the CPI MLM. Again, internationalism. The whole world comes first, not America first. This is at the core of the new communism brought forward by Bob Avakian. This is what you get every week on the RNL show. Stay tuned for much more on season four. Okay, so that was Rafael Caderas. He was speaking um, from the Revolution Nothing Less show, the new episode, first episode of season four that dropped last night at youtube.com slash the Revcoms if you want to see the whole thing. I also recommend you subscribe and watch every week. I co-host that show, and I am your guest host here today, again, for an extended period, actually, on The Michael Slate Show. Uh, we want to play Line in the Sand, a little bit more music, before we go to our final segment. Para mi querida tía María, te quedaste en México. Para los niños en la frontera. Trying to look past this thing that's between us. Wondering when all this anger will fade The stars look the same from where we are standing Why can't we fix this mess we've made? Let's not forget that our fates are as one Just because we feel numb and betrayed There is love, there must be Something good, something strong between you and me there is hope, we must try If we don't, we'll regret it the rest of our lives Side by side, forever You and me, we are stronger together Hoping to find a path to forgiveness Knowing that pride always gets in the way We all want a place where it's safe to be human The welcome embrace of a brand new day Let's not allow what we have to be lost Just because of what someone might All right, so that is Line in the Sand. I really recommend you get the whole album. Uh, Arturo O'Farrell with musicians from around the world. Fandango at the Wall. Um... I'm going to bring you a segment from Andy Z speaking with Arturo. Andy introduces it. Let's listen. On January 8th, the Revcoms did a live stream uh, to raise money for the movement for an actual revolution, for the work that we're doing here in Los Angeles, including for this show. And uh, in that live stream, I had a, a brief conversation with the jazz musician and jazz conductor and leader, uh, Arturo O'Farrell, uh, because he's, and we talked about his response to the BA interviews that we've been speaking about today and why he's... Uh, urging others and himself to support this movement, why it matters. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Arturo O'Farrell is, uh, I explained this in the interview, but we're not going to show that part of it. Arturo O'Farrell is the director of the Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra and the Afro 
uh, Latin Jazz Alliance in New York City. Uh, this is the Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra is keeping alive both the traditional uh, uh, Afro-Latin music, but also new music and music of the whole world. Uh, Arturo is a multiple uh, Grammy Award winner, and he's uh, worked with uh, some of the, the greats in jazz uh, you can watch the live stream to find out that my the full bio, uh, bio that I gave. Uh, but we thought that this would be showing a bit of this interview, or really most of it, would be fitting for this first show of uh, the our new season, because an important part of the RNL show and of Bob Avakian's approach to leadership and to the kind of revolutionary movement we need today in the society we are fighting for has to involve the poetic spirit that embodies the lives, the hopes, the dreams of the people all over the world, art that kindles and feeds the need for people to be amazed. And we wanted to show this interview because of the depth of Arturo's response to the BA interviews and because for all of you, for our audience and for ourselves, learning about different spheres of human experience and creativity and their relation to the revolution and the new society we need is part of the mission of the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show. I spoke of Arturo's global approach to jazz and to music overall, and in particular, I spoke about a work, Fandango at the Wall, which is something he did a couple of years ago on the border situation, where he brought together musicians from around the world, from the Mideast and all over, to, to perform a piece that he wrote on both sides of the wall dividing Mexico from the U.S. And a film was made of this that you can find on, online of, at the website Fandango at the Wall. And the point is that this really highlighted the internationalist and activist approach that Arturo takes to music, but in a way that really creates tremendous beauty and tremendous feeling. So with this, I want to go right to the interview and uh, and you'll see what I'm talking about. More recently, I heard that you were able to watch the interviews with Bob Avakian and were inspired to say, OK, I will come on your live stream. Uh, even though we do want to get you on the RNL show, okay, <laughs> this is sort of the same thing. But but right now, uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about what inspired you uh, in terms of your music and uh, and what you do with your life's work. To when you saw these interviews by Bob Avakian, particularly that first one, the importance of the poetic spirit and all this kind of st stuff that that has brought you here. That we're sitting on a chilly yeah. rehearsal stage. <laughs> it's funny because I'm I'm a Mexican. I was born in Mexico of Mexican and Cuban uh, heritage. And um, at the beginning of my life, all I wanted to do was be a great musician and, and play my art. And I found that the, that wasn't enough. That the happiness, the soul contentment that I had didn't come from playing the piano or being good at something. In fact, I really didn't become somebody in, in, in some ways until I started connecting my art with my convictions. Um, very, very early on, I realized that uh, I think during the Giuliani years, I wrote a piece called The Defense of the Drum about how Rudolf Giuliani was confiscating drums and arresting drummers who were making too much noise for the gentrification people. I mean, the, the, the arresting drummers, and just that just woke something up in me. And then the murder of Romarley Graham, a young man in the Bronx by the NYPD, that, that radicalized me. Um, and I, you know, I think I actually first met you when we were doing a, a, a benefit for Russell for Russell Maroon show. And I think, I mean, and, and so I, I, my life is about three things: deconstructing elite in the arts, 
the arts is used, it, believe it or not, as a way to keep socioeconomic powerful groups in power and this and disassociating those with less money. I mean, the, the, I'm an artist. I'm a pianist. Sometimes people can't afford to come see me play. That pisses me off. The arts is a service to humanity. And I really believe that we build these fancy buildings, we, we build these temples and still sacred art and we put it behind glass walls and, and nothing could be more an anathema to art. Art is service to humanity, to global humanity. And so that's one of the things that has really, really, really governed my thinking, my love. Um, also, I also really believe that um, we're, this is a horrifying moral abyss that we live in. The, the, this is this is the, the the imperial terrorism of the United States. What we've done to the world, what we've done to Latin America, what we've done to the Middle East. Um, what we will not take accountability for, and we insist on continuing this horrifying uh, debacle. The predatory death throes of capitalism are getting worse and worse and worse. And I just don't believe that that it has to be that way. And so I, I really have dedicated my life to speaking clearly. I have a platform. It's a little platform. I'm a jazz musician, so it's not much of a platform. But as long as I have a platform, I use that platform to share what I think is truth journalism. But that musicians, global artists have the responsibility of being journalists and reporting on what they see in life today. Um, I mean, I even I'm, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've had people stand up in my show and and um, you know. Scream at me because I speak about reproductive rights, or because I speak about global justice, or I speak about socioeconomic terrorism, as if artists do not have that responsibility. Well, let me tell you something: Charles Mingus, uh, mm-hmm. Fables of Fathers, John Coltrane, Dizzy Gillespie, Wynton Marsalis. Uh, we've been writing about politics and screaming about politics and screaming about justice for as long as there has been jazz. Um, and so I had the privilege of being on the host committee for the first time I saw Bob Avakian and Cornell West. And, you know, it's really funny because that was when I got the idea to do the Cornell West concerto because I saw Cornell and I, he was, he just, he reminded me of John Coltrane. <laughs> so I said, I have to write a concerto for this man. But I remember uh, seeing Bob Avakian and, and, and really kind of being amazed by his intellect and his humanity. But it was on the show, it was in the interview that I really saw, really felt the humanity of, of Bob Avakian. And that's, that's like important to me because I, I feel the same way about Cornell as I feel about you as I feel about Carl Dix and so many of my brethren in this movement. They're human beings, man. We're human. We're, we are people who were brought home, swaddled in some sort of clothing, we were raised, we've seen, we've gone to high school, we've, whatever, we've lived lives, we've seen firsthand what humanity does to humanity, what, what, what horrors we can do to one another. And um, I'm, I'm, I just believe the unexamined life is not worth living. I feel people like Baba Bacon, Cornel West, Andrew East, and Sarah Taylor, these are people who examine their lives and examine their conscience and, and, conscience, and they act accordingly. And so... I am not content to be just a musician, just a composer, just a jazz pianist. And everything I do is in service um, to people and to my community and to the people that I don't even know, you know, mm. as far as I'm, and the idea by the, the other thing you mentioned is globality. Oh, jazz is not nationalism. They'd like to pretend that it was born here, that it was designed here and its best practitioners are here. No, it's the debacle. It's the horror. It is 
it, jazz was born out of, out of a, a, a horrifying reality called the African diaspora, the African slave trade. That, that jazz is, is African. So is Latin music. So is soul. So is, is hip hop. It is music born out of African rhythms. And every time we listen to jazz, every time we listen to hip hop, every time we listen to, to salsa, we need to remember the story. We need to remember that the peoples were brought here against their will. And, and, and so for me, it's, it, it, you know, it is national. Jazz is not nationalism. Jazz is global. Jazz is jazz. The same, the same uh, African diaspora that landed in New Orleans landed in Caracas and in Havana and in Mexico and Veracruz. And so this thing, this thing, this gift, this gift of love that we receive from the African peoples for a horrifying ordeal that is truly part of the story and it can never be forgotten. So I've dedicated my life and the words Afro and Latin and jazz are all just entry points. There are entry points into what we are. We are a global people. We are a global people. And we need to remember that just as the pandemic showed us, we live and die together. Okay. That was a beautiful commentary from the, Afro-Latin jazz musician, conductor, pianist, Arturo O'Farrell. Um, he was speaking with Andy Z, and that was broadcast as part of the Revolution Nothing Less show, the show that I co-host on YouTube. I urge you to watch it, youtube.com slash therevcoms. And we're reaching the end of this uh, episode of the Michael Slate Show. And I want to thank Gary Baca for engineering. I want to thank Henry Carson for producing. I want to thank the whole RNL Revolution Nothing Less crew for all of their production help. I want to thank Michael Slate and send him our love at the end of the hour here. So with that, my name is Sansara Taylor. I'll be back next week for Michael Slate. This is Invisible Suite, Free Falling Borderless from Arturo O'Farrell. <laughs>